Hello, everyone. Welcome into another episode of Kentucky Daily, a daily podcast covering your University of Kentucky Wildcats. I'm Sean Smith. He's Derek Terry. Derek, how are you? Doing great, Sean. How are you? Doing fantastic. Uh, we've got a football mailbag coming up today. And as always, this show is powered by Blue Wire Pods. It's also powered by the Butcher's Pub, three locations, uh, Pineville, Williamsburg, and London, Kentucky. You can visit thebutcherspub.com or check them out on Facebook. Uh, I made it out to the London location last night, Derek. A very good setup there uh, on Main Street in London. So I know I've been now to London and Pineville. You've been to Williamsburg. All three of those locations are uh, very, very good places to go. Sure is, Sean. I'm uh, looking forward to getting back down there, actually, whenever I go back home again, uh, whenever that may be. But they've been with us from, I think, literally day one or close to day one, around day one, I'll say. It's been uh, a long time. So get out there and see those guys if you live in that area. But maybe not today, because I know you're having some weather down there, Sean. If it's anything like Lexington, I would encourage people to uh, stay home if you can. And yeah, we've we still got about we're recording it's two fifty eight Eastern time. I think it goes until after eight o'clock here. So I know Lexington's got quite a bit. Uh, thankfully, I'm not having to travel up to Lexington for anything today because I seventy five is closed on on both sides. I'm pretty sure a lot of the on ramps are shut down. So hopefully, you all are staying warm and safe, uh, enjoying snow days. Get out, go sledding, have some fun. I, I said I'm going to be a kid later when all this stuff is over with. But let, let's jump into this mailbag, Derek. There's a lot to talk about. We're going to put a bow on this 10-3 and three season, another one, and a successful season. We know we're going to have some questions probably about the future of Kentucky football and and kind of maybe some stay-or-go decisions that we're still waiting on. I know that Wondell Robinson did announce his last night. Marquand McCall, during our episode yesterday, we talked about it. Uh, still waiting on DeAndre Square, and, uh, and we'll, we'll update as we go throughout the winter here. But let's start with this first question. Who would win? 2018 Kentucky or 2021 Kentucky and they're the easy comparisons right because they both went 10 and 3 they both won the Citrus Bowl I mean it's kind of identical but when you look at it the way that the teams were made up this one had a passing game then the other one didn't have as much of a passing attack but the other one had some legendary players on it let's let's just say three UK legends were on that other team because Benny Josh and, of course, Lynn Bowden. What do you think? Yeah, I actually prepped for this question uh, this morning, <laughs> 10.54 a.m. I pulled up my notes. So the way I wanted to do it was position by position. So I, comparing 2018 versus 2021, I think the quarterback spot, just in terms of production, obviously Will Levis' this season was, was much better as a first-year starter compared to Terry Wilson. At running back, I think it gets a little trickier, but just because Snell is an, is an all-timer, um, and technically, I know he didn't play very much, but that 2018 running back room will have two guys, uh, Smoke and Rodriguez, were both on that team. Neither guy really, you know, played meaningful snaps that year. But when you take the total depth, I'm gonna I'm gonna slightly lean 2018. What do you, what do you think about running back? Uh, 2018, I, I go 2018. In, in different schemes too, and much more work run oriented back then than what they were this year. Um, so wide receiver. I went uh, – this This was another tricky one because, like you said, Lynn Bowden was there prior to Wondell Robinson coming to Kentucky, Bowden's sophomore year in 2018. He had had the best statistical season of a Kentucky wide receiver. That uh, wide receiver room also had uh, Dorian Baker, who had been around a long time. Uh, David Bouvier had a very good season in 2018. 
But I thought with what Wandell brought to the room, it just kind of how dynamic he was. And then you had a guy like Josh Ali as a number two. Um, I know this one probably more than a lot of positions you can argue one way or the other, but I personally chose 2021. I don't know who you would say. Uh, I'll say 2021. Uh, Wandell, I mean, you you have to, right? Like you go with the guy that he's at the top of the record books. That was – I think he's one of the best pass catchers that I've seen. It's definitely at UK. But there were so many balls that if they were even in the vicinity of him, he held on to them. How many, how many times did we watch Wandell this year take a hard lick and he still caught the ball? Even on that final yeah. drive there. I mean, that 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 is what separates – you have a guy that can do that. Uh, I'll go 2021. So, offensive line is the last spot to look at on the offense. Um, I said this was another tough one because well, Darian Kennard, I think, started the Citrus Bowl in 2018 as well. So, you have a guy who was going to be a draft pick who had worked his way into that um, starting position. But Bunchy Stallings was an All-American that season. You had Drake Jackson as the center. Um, Logan Stenberg was the other left guard. I ended up choosing 2018 offensive line over this one. Um, and then besides the defensive line, Sean, I chose the defensive line of this year. I felt like with McCall and Pascal. And, and, again, the 2018 line was good, though. It really was. I mean, they, these were good units. Um, I chose – 2021, though, this year's a group I liked a little bit more. Um, but every other position, linebacker, defensive back, and special teams, I went 2018. So to get back to the root of the question, who would win, I think I would probably lean 2018. But it would be close. I just think 2018's defense was substantially better than this year's uh, group. There, there's one reason why I'd pick 2018. You know what it is? Josh Allen. Josh Allen. A absolutely. Yeah. Because I, when you have a, a player of that caliber, you saw him impact so many games that year alone, just in how guys got better. And when you have that guy on your team, and, and when you're talking, because I do think it would be a close game between those two teams, but when you got to deal with him, he almost kind of takes out the, the advantage in the passing game because he's going to put so much pressure on you by pinning his ears back and going. And I, I just think that that kind of – that takes that element away. That was a good question. I like it. It was a very good question. I, he also had, in terms of special teams, um, was Miles Butler the kicker in 2018? He or somebody else? I, I know. Obviously, you had uh, Max Duffy the year prior to winning the Ray Guy Award. And he he put on a show. I forget the kid's name at Texas A&M, but those two put on an absolute clinic punting in that game. Uh, that's like the one thing I remember from that trip to College Station was how good both punters were. It was teams. Miles, right? Because I think it was. It was after McGinnis and pre-Ruffalo. Well, I know. I think it was. Chance, I remember Chance kicking a field goal at Missouri for his first career field goal. And then he yeah. kicked some. Uh, but the, the next year which was when Chance was named the starter. So I'm pretty sure that was the Miles Butler season. Uh, that's, that's a very good question, though. Like I, I enjoyed thinking of scenarios and stuff like that, and the teams are comparable, especially when you look at schedule. Both beat Florida, you know, both won the Citrus Bowl, both lost to, to Tennessee. I mean, uh, you go across the board. But uh, anything you want to jump into? I know you've probably looked through this a lot this morning. I actually don't have your tweet pulled up right now. Okay. So uh... let's, go, <laughs> let's go with this one. 
Uh, never mind. We can take out we can take out any of the Wandell questions unless it's about replacement. Uh, all right, here we go. Uh, the and on, the one and only says, who do you think has the biggest impact at wide receiver next year with Wandell declaring for the draft? Yeah, I think right now it's definitely going to be Tavion Robinson. You're talking about a guy who um, is you know was a wide receiver one at Virginia Tech. I think he's someone whose numbers are going to be much better at Kentucky next season than what they were at Virginia Tech. So he, he would be the guy, but the only caveat I would put there is depending because I think UK is definitely going to add at least one more. I'm almost positive they're going to add at least one more wide receiver from the portal. Depending on who that person is, then maybe I would change my mind. But for now, I think it's definitely going to be Tavion. And I don't think he's going to have, you know, 100 catches like Wandell put up this year. But I think he's still going to be – a true number one wide receiver. And I think it's possible if they were to get a guy like Kobe Hudson from Auburn, I think that's two. I, I know Kobe had some drop issues down there, but he still led Auburn in receiving this season. I think he, and he was a very highly rated recruit. So, I mean, I think he would have a really good one, two punch there. And I, I don't think they're the favorites for Kobe Hudson at this point, but um, I do think they're right there in the mix to get him, but we'll see how that one goes. But, you know, a guy like Barry on Brown, how much can he handle as a freshman? Uh, how, how does Dekel Crowdis come back from injury? Chris Lewis, um, Chauncey Magwood. I mean, you got some names there, but the difference with those guys I just mentioned and, and then a guy like Tavion Robinson is he's actually proven it at this level. Um, and he's probably be their starting punt returner next year too. So he, he's the guy I would look forward to, to going into the season again, depending on who else they add. I would look for Robinson to be the number one guy um, on next year's team at this point. I, I agree with that for sure. And then uh, Matthew says, assuming everyone that's supposed to leave does leave, what positions do we get a little worried about for next season? And you and I talked the other day about the, the tackle spot. Like if, if Dare Rosenthal, you know, you're already losing Kennard. I think that that is one that you, when you're losing your left and your right, and you saw the shuffling in the bowl game and stuff, you, you, they're probably going to have to address that, definitely, if, if Dare is indeed not at Kentucky next season. I, I think I would put that at the top of the list. Yeah, I think as of right now, um, offensive tackle would have to be, because like you said, if Rosenthal leaves and you're having to replace both starting tackles, and they haven't had to do that in a while. And uh, you feel pretty good about the interior, just given that you know Eli Cox is a midseason All-American. Um, Kenneth Horse will be back. Maybe Horsey kicks outside. Who knows? Um, Tayshawn Manning from Auburn coming in. I think he's probably a plug-and-play guy. He'll probably start next season. Then you got a young guy like Jagger Burton who's probably ready to take on a bigger role next year. So I think you feel better about the interior. But tackle, you know, if Dare does leave, like Jeremy Flax is really the only other guy who saw some action. And he, quite frankly, just did not play well whenever he had chances this year. So I don't know that um, – I think we got a question in here from Brad about uh, Keontae Goodwin. If that's he where I was start going, day one. That's where I was going yeah. next. Then he wants to know about a position-by-position position breakdown. Yeah. Well, going back to the tackles, you know, I don't know about Goodwin. That's asking a lot. It's going to help him for sure that he's going to be here. Uh, and I guess probably whenever he gets done playing in the All-American game, he'll probably be on campus. So he'll get to go through spring ball, and UK will get a good look. But I'm starting to think that uh, – if a tackle were to go into the portal, that's probably a position they would want to uh, address if they can get one who's good enough. It's because, uh, to me, Dare Rosenthal probably has the single most important decision to make 
yeah. out of anyone who could go to the NFL, you know, outside of the guys who were expected to like Wondell. Yeah. If he were to come back, he would have been, you know, a huge impact return guy, but I would pretty much written him off as being gone to the NFL since like the Florida game. So I never thought he'd be back. Um, guys like Rodriguez, I think will still be here. There's some guys on defense who, who definitely, if they were to come back, it would be a big help guys like Jordan, Wright, Square Jones. Um, but that offensive tackle spot to me would is probably the most concerning. And then still, and I think they will address this, but the secondary, I think still needs some help as well at cornerback and at safety. Uh, I, I like the talent a little bit more at safety, but they're going to be really young at corner uh, or relying on new guys if they're, even if they do go to the portal. Like, I think if they could get a good transfer portal cornerback, they should uh, definitely pursue that. And we've got a couple of questions here that I think we can group together, still talking about transfer portal, taking uh, talking about uh, outlooks at positions for next year. So let's go Matt's question and David's question together. Uh, who are the most likely additions, either recruits or transfers, to the roster for next year? With transfers, we do not know specific names, but what positions do you expect to get filled? And then David says, transfer portal incoming, uh, new linebacker coach, question mark, and then details on renovation of indoor facility. And I know that UK's not really they've, – they've not put anything out about that. I'm sure they will at some point, Derek. But as far as the transfer portal and things uh, – Anything you want to add to what you've already said about positions you expect them to really hit on? Well, within five minutes of us starting to record this, I got before we hopped on, uh, Tyler Barron from Tennessee, he put his name into the transfer portal. I think given that he plays, you know, defensive end, he would he would basically play Josh Pascal's spot, pretty sure. That, that would be my guess. I guess he could technically play outside linebacker if he really needed to. But he seems to – I mean, he – was basically down at Kentucky and Tennessee. His dad was on Tennessee staff. That's who he ultimately chose. Now, he's had a hard time staying healthy his first two years at Tennessee, but that is a position of need, and uh, he would have multiple years of eligibility. I would guess that UK is very likely to get involved there, and given how close they were to getting him in high school, I would think they probably have a pretty good chance um, to get Tyler Barron. So... Um, if you follow his Instagram account, it's uh, yeah, he put some cryptic things out there yesterday, didn't he? He did. Um, uh, so I, I feel like I feel pretty good about. To me, a kid like that probably knows where he's going when he goes into the portal because he's from Knoxville or has lived in Knoxville. He at least went to high school there. Um, if you're gonna leave that situation he was in, you, you probably have a good idea of where you're gonna end up. So um, other positions, like I said, uh. Definitely, definitely corner or safety potentially. Although safety, they got some more numbers back there. I don't know that they necessarily oh. have to have an impact safety because Tyrell Asian's a guy who I think makes a lot of sense if he wants to come back for another year. You can throw in John's question here. It says outlook at sa- outlook at safety corner and outside yeah. linebacker next season. Which seniors do you see coming back for another year? So safety, I mean, Yusuf Corker's gone, Devontae Robinson's gone, and Tyrell Asian could come back, and I think it makes sense if he wants to come back. Although you got to think for Asian, you know, he got – that was his position. You know, he ended up losing a starting job to Jalen Geiger. I don't know how he's going to feel about that, but Tom made some big plays for Kentucky this year, and he's played a lot of football in the SEC. Um, if he wants to come back, I think he makes a lot of sense to come back. And corner's a little trickier. Uh, Cedric Dort – you know, he Quandre Mosley cannot come back. Um, I know it gets tricky for, for people to keep up with. I cover this stuff and it's hard for me to keep up with everybody, but Quandre just used his super senior season, so he's gone for sure. He 
He basically replaced Cedric Dort as the year went on. But Cedric could come back if he wanted to. Another guy who's been around a long time. I I don't know. He he's maybe one of the trickier ones to me because I would feel bad for any kid that uh used a super senior season and ended up not playing very much. So I have no idea what Cedric wants to do, but if he thinks he wants to keep playing football, because I don't think he's a draft pick, I don't think he's getting signed to an NFL team. Um, I think a, a decent plan for Cedric might be to come back, go through spring ball, because a lot of the corners UK might rely on next year are actually going to be here in the spring. See where you stack up, and if you want to keep playing football, go to the portal, because I think uh, it, it, that's if you don't think you're going to play as much at UK, because uh, at that level of – at some point, you're going to get picked up. If you're an SEC cornerback who's played as much as he has, you will land on your feet somewhere that late in the process. So outside linebacker, another position that I was going through and doing my roster breakdown today on catsballs.com, and that thing was a, was a beast to tame. It took like six hours for me to finish that, trying to go through the whole roster and give an outlook. But that's a thin position. I mean, I don't see any way around them. I mean, I think Jordan Wright, if they can get him back, that'd be huge because you'd have Wright and Weaver back. I don't see any way around. Uh, I think Keaton Wade and Tyrese Fearbury are going to have to play. So, um, have to count on some youth there, but I think they're both talented guys. And you could tell, if you watch the videos or heard Brad White talk about those two freshmen, he seemed very excited about those guys. So, uh, am I missing anything here, Sean? A new linebacker coach from David asking about that. I think Stoops will take his time there. And I think that's a pretty appealing position for somebody. You're more than likely going to be the fourth highest paid coach on the staff behind the, the two coordinators and, of course, Vince Marrow. And you're going to have a lot of say in the defense. Stoop said that whoever he hires for this position, he wants to be very involved in game planning. And he more or less said that whoever gets this job, if Brad were to leave, you know, this position's probably going to get promoted to uh, be the next D.C. And, and that's something that they followed. Hasn't it? I mean, that's been yeah. the, the, the track record that they've used, and I think that makes that position even more appealing. Well, all right. Actually, just got some breaking news, Sean, while we're recording this. Uh, Cedric Dort's in the portal. So he went ahead and and went pre uh, – so he won't be back next year. But I thought he might at least make it through the uh, through the spring. But he, yeah. he is a guy that sounds like wants to play another year of college football. And I, I thought that might be the route for him. I just think uh, UK was probably going to go another direction. But – that's some breaking news, literally, as soon as I got it, I uh, just shared it on the podcast. So when you're hearing this uh, for a few minutes ago, but man, not, I guess they didn't know. But once you get to this point in the pod, you'll you'll know. And then uh, another question here. We've talked about what do they need at these positions, but it says everyone always talks about what position group do we need to address, but no one ever asks what are the position groups that are the future strengths of the team where we have the most depth. So taking a little bit different approach. Uh, Derek, going, going across this roster, what position groups do you think are in really good standing right now, in really good shape that that they have a lot of depth at? And and you got to you got to see that depth in the Citrus Bowl. I mean, you had guys that were literally in the transfer portal playing, but that was still enough to win the football game. I remember as a kid, once you got to, past the two deep, uh, it was uh, I mean, it was a lot of walk-ons. That's a really good question from Dal, and uh, there's really no shortage of strong position groups next year. I mean, I think uh, I'll go on the record right now before before it's even really finalized. I think this running back group is is really good. Uh, this is assuming Rodriguez is back. And, hey, I don't know what Cavalcia Smoke's going to do. I've not heard any rumors. I'm just trying to put myself in the position of a player like Cavalcia Smoke, who 
if Rodriguez comes back, you know you're not going to be the starter. And Jatal McLean was right on your heels the whole year. And Lavelle Wrights looked pretty good. If you're smoke, you might want to be in a situation where you're going to be featured a little bit more because I think, you know, he's going to be sharing time. So this is not me saying I've not heard any rumors at all about Cavassier Smoke. But whether he's there or not, I still think that room is in really good shape. Wide receivers, I think there's more raw wide receiver talent than maybe any other time since I've been following UK, but it's not proven yet. But I think a guy like Barryon Brown could come in and by the end of the season really help this team a lot. We'll see how Chris Lewis develops, uh, Dekel Crowdis, whoever else they might get from the portal. I like that group. I don't I don't know that it's necessarily loaded at this point, but maybe it could be um, by the time these guys actually get on campus and we see what they can do. But tight end, I would say, is another group that uh, – this is the best group, I think, in school history going into next year because you have a guy like Upshaw who probably would have had a huge year this year had he been healthy. Brendan Bates is going to be in his fifth year, a really good blocker. He caught 11 passes this year. But the X factor is Isaiah Cummings. And, you know, he didn't move to that position until like August or I guess after uh, maybe late July, whenever uh, Keaton Upshaw got hurt. That's why he moved there. So I would love to see how he develops in year two, because I think he's, you know, we talked about it all year. Like he's the guy who can be a mismatch. You know, Keaton's just a, he's a huge guy. He's 6'6", 250. You know, he's a, a big target where it's Cummings, you know, he's a little faster than some of those other guys and uh, presents a little bit more of a mismatch. But then even a guy like Jordan Dingle looked pretty good whenever he played. He was able to preserve his red shirt. And Trayvon Morgan uh, moved there. I don't know what he'll be able to bring. I think he's probably definitely behind those other guys. But that is a really strong room next year. And defensive line. I, I like this group a lot. Uh, but it's time for that 2020 class. It was the highest rated class that ever signed at that position group. And it's going to be on those guys next year. Um Assuming they do get a guy like Tyler Barron, who who was in that class as well. I mean, you're talking about Trayvon Ripka, Oxendine, uh, Josiah Hayes, Justin Rogers. It's it's these guys' team next year on the defensive line. So I think they have great potential. And the, and the great thing about that group is a lot of those guys should still be here in uh, 2023. So a lot of eligibility left for those guys and uh, a good chance to make an impact this season. So those are the, some of the positions that kind of jump out to me. And then, of course, quarterback with Levis. I mean, I don't know how deep it is just because we've not really seen Bo in key moments. But with what Levis could be next year, I think uh, I think you have to be thrilled with, with that spot too. Yep. Uh, I think for the first time in a long time, you're feeling really good about that spot. And not not to say that the other the other spots weren't capable in the past. I just feel like what they've done in the passing game and what they showed, they can build on that. And uh, Wandell going in the into the draft and going to be successful there. That only helps your program as well. I, I think that they've put themselves in a very good spot. That they've taken care of the thing that was the most glaring weakness on their roster over the course of Stoops' tenure. They've taken care of both spots, in my opinion. Um, UK Cody has this question: Will Kentucky try to recruit Northwestern All-American safety transfer Brandon Joseph? Seems like a perfect fit for what we need. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! 
Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Yeah, I agree. He's probably a perfect fit, but uh, he's a kid from Texas. He's actually from College Station, uh, Texas. I don't, I don't think UK will have uh, have much of a shot in that one. See anything on the tweet? Have we missed anything? Did we answer Greg's question about the freshman? We did not. All right, Greg asks, which incoming freshman do you think have a shot at getting significant playing time in 2022? Anybody that stands out in your mind? Going to be a chance at wide receiver, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. uh, Barry Brown, Denke, I mean, they're going to have opportunities. Kind of want to kind of want to throw Dekel Crowdis in there too. I'm just going to call him a freshman. I mean, he's, he's not played yet. I mean, so, I mean, that's, a, that's another guy. I would, I would definitely say the wider wide receiver position for sure that you're going to see some youth uh, get their opportunities there. Uh, I mean, Goodwin, maybe depending on, on how it plays out, see anything anywhere else. Uh, yeah, the, the two outside linebackers I mentioned earlier, uh, Wade and Fearbury. And then I think a lot of the guys in the secondary are going to have chances. I don't know that they're going to be starters or, or being out there in huge moments, but I, I love Kobe Albert. I think he's going to be a, a great player. But it's not really decided yet if he's going to be a wide receiver or safety. I'm, I'm expecting he'll end up on the defensive side of the ball. I just can't imagine Stoops is going to let him get away. And because Kentucky just you know signed a bunch of wide receivers, so I don't think he's as needed over there. But um, I'm with you. I mean, I think Barry on Brown's the obvious one just because I think he's way more dynamic than anything they have in that room right now. And, you know, he might not be the – he might not run all of his routes real crisp and he might not be uh, as refined as some other guys, but they don't have the kind of athlete like him in that room right now. So he, he's going to play. There's, there's no doubt he's going to play. I think Dane's going to have a pretty good shot to play too, but I don't think his role will be as big as uh Barry on Browns and, and good ones a really interesting one just because I want to see what else they add at tackle if anything if Dare comes back if they add someone from the portal who knows but the uh that's that's a tricky one but the good news is good one's going to be here in January like I said he'll get this spring to get adjusted but that's asking a lot not a key position I don't care how highly rated he is I mean that's uh it's a big learning curve going from playing at Charlestown, Indiana High School to uh, playing in the Southeastern Conference. So, But you would think, given his pedigree, given his size, the way he moves, I, I would still think he'll have a chance to prove himself. So Alex Afari, I don't know if I mentioned him. He's another guy on defense that he seems so versatile and they aren't really that great in the secondary, so I could see him playing as well. Those are, those are probably the names I would say that stand out to me. And uh, moving on to the DMs now, back to Final Four has a question. Project UK's too deep on both sides of the line for next year. Any rumors on transfer help at those spots? 
Too deep for uh, all positions? Uh, for both sides of the line. Oh, okay. Yeah, well, like I just said with uh, the tackles, it's it's hard to say right now. I mean, DeAndre Buford was in the too deep this season. He didn't really play, though. Um, I know they like David uh, Wallabo a lot, but he was just a true freshman. I'll, he'll have a big spring coming up. That'll be interesting. Um, at guard, and, and Horsey's another guy. I mean, I know Horsey didn't look great in the bowl game, but he kind of got thrown out there last minute. He played some tackle this season. If they decide to move him out there full time, how much can he get better at that spot? So that that's some questions we don't really have yet. But you know, Horsey's going to play somewhere on that line. But my guess is Tayshawn Manning starts at left guard, um, backed up. But you know, the backup spots are going to be another one. Does John Young develop enough? Um, if Eli Cox moves from right guard to center, does Jagger Burton start at right guard? Does does someone like John Young develop? You know, I, I don't know. That's that's tricky to say. But – or, if, you know, Quentin Wilson is another guy who's going to be a veteran who has played some center. So, O-line is really tough to project right now. And it's somewhat unfortunate because – and it's not saying that they won't be good next year, but I think you pretty much have a lot of questions answered at every single other offensive spot besides the line. And we know how big and important the line is. So, uh, on the defensive line, though um, – I really want to follow this Tyler Barron situation closely, but let's just for the sake of this, uh, for the sake of this pod, since nothing's official, let's just say that he's not going to, or he's, let's just not include him in this uh, hypothetical. So at defensive end, I would say Trayvon Ripka uh, definitely has the inside edge starting there. Backed up by Seminelli, um, former four-star guy, moved to that position this offseason, so he had a learning curve, but Nose guard, I mean, take your pick. It's going to be Josiah Hayes or, or Justin Rogers. It seems like those two are pretty even at this point in their development. So does one, will one of those guys take a big step forward and claim that spot? We'll see. But you know how the nose guards utilize in this defense. They're going to – both of those guys are going to play a lot. And I think Deion Walker probably has a decent shot. They'll get some reps next year too. True freshman who's like 6'7", 350. He's way in around there. So – um you know, they need probably three guys there. So I think he'll have a chance to play. And then at that defensive tackle spot in this 3-4 defense, the boundary tackle, um, as long as Octavius Oxendon's healthy, I don't think there's any doubt he's going to be the starter there. And then a guy I really like, I think he's going to be a really good player, is uh, Khalil Saunders, who didn't get to play in the bowl game because of the dumb rule that uh, the four-game red shirt rule. They really need to scrap that and only make that for the regular season because it just uh, – I agree with that. Yeah, make it make it the four games for the for the first well, twelve, and then if if you need someone in a bowl game, I think they should be allowed to play without well burning their red shirt with, with opt outs and and COVID protocol right. and all that stuff. You, yeah, you, you want those bowl games to be played, and I mean Kentucky, Kentucky was kind of uh, paper thin at a lot of positions the other day, but uh, that that covers everything on my end. Do you have anything that was directly sent to you? Well, Craig just sent me a DM like just now while we were recording asking about Dort. I hope I elaborated enough earlier before we actually knew if he was in the portal. I just think for a guy like Dort, I mean, I just you got passed up this year by Mosley. You've been here a long time. And again, I don't think there's any guarantee he would start next season. So I think going if you want to keep playing college football, try to get some more tape. I think going to a different school where you're, you know, probably going to be guaranteed a little bit more reps is, is probably the smart way to go. So I think it makes sense um, for, for Cedric to leave. And um, with that said, though, 
I, I, I guess there's not really been anyone that they've really pushed on at cornerback. I think they, I think they need to address corner in the portal, unless there's someone who shows up on campus, one of these guys like Andre Stewart or, or Elijah Reed or uh, Zay Frazier, who they got from Juco. I mean, unless one of those guys shows up this spring and just shows you that they're going to be ready to play, then I would be concerned about that other corner spot. But I did have a few more this morning. Um, people who uh, – You're the football mailbag guy. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I feel like I'm out of breath. Just uh, rambling on. Some of these are – I love it, though. I like discussing this. I mean, I wish I could – wish we could do a football episode every day for, uh, you know, all year round. Give me one second to get back to my tweet. Okay. And, well, uh, I, will, I think I had three questions. Okay, I will acknowledge this. We, we've already answered it, but I just wanted to know and let Austin know I did get his question. He asked about uh, Katie McDaniel uh, possibly returning, and obviously Katie transferred uh, to Central Florida the other day, and then he asked the same question about Brandon Joseph in the portal, if you could be interested. So I just want to acknowledge that I did see that question. Uh, hopefully we answered everything for you there. Uh, Derek, you got your tweet pulled up for your DMs? Yeah, I do. And uh, one of those tweets, um, it's from at Reds and Wildcats, so a friend of mine right here. He asked about the depth chart. I went over the O-line o and D-line. Linebackers he also asked about. Linebackers, um, I would really be surprised if – if at least one of DeAndre Square or uh, Jacquez Jones is not on the roster next year. Those guys are both true seniors. Neither one are, is going to be a lock to be drafted. I, I just think it makes a lot of sense for at least one of those guys, and maybe even both. I think if both want to come back, they should do it. Um, but if Trevin Wallace is the player that we all think he can be, then uh, I don't know that you necessarily have to have both back. But you can never have too much depth on an SEC football team. I think we all just saw that uh, in the bowl game. So, outside linebacker, J.J. Weaver's locked in over there um, at edge. And if Jordan Wright comes back, that's that's another good option. But I think they're going to be young at outside linebacker. I, I definitely think Keaton Wade's going to be a guy who who's in the two deep, who gets some playing time. But inside linebacker is going to be a little bit of a battle. I think that's a, that's another position, going back to Dow's question, that you could say is uh, in pretty good shape, assuming Jones and Square come back, or at least one of them. Because if at least one of those guys is back, you have, you know, either a three-year starter on your team or last season's leading tackler and Jacquez Jones, who could be paired with Trevin Wallace, Derek Jackson, who came back, who John Summerall absolutely loved. You have Martez Thrower, who also burned his red shirt to play. I mean, that's a group that has a lot of bodies and a lot of good players. So uh, that's going to be a battle on the interior right there at inside linebacker to, to see who gets a lot of those snaps. So – they're in good shape, but he also asked um, who still has to decide if they'll be coming back or leaving, what are the odds of each returning? So I mentioned Jones and Square. I think they both have a pretty good chance. I think it would make sense for him to come back. Jordan Wright just had surgery. I don't know if you saw that, Sean. He, um, I don't know what he had surgery on, but he had it almost immediately after the bowl game. I don't know if it was something that had been bothering him all year because, you know, he played with that ankle injury. I think it was an ankle injury for most of the season. But, again, I have no idea if that's what he had surgery on. But uh, Asian, I think we've discussed everybody, honestly, on here who uh, has a decision to to make. So we've seen Marquand McCall. He's gone. Um, Wondell's gone. So I think Kentucky will will win some and lose some in this one. So and Yusuf Corker is another guy too who who is gone. And Josh Pascal, if if that wasn't known by now, all those guys are going to the NFL. 
And the very last question, Sean. Oh, let me ask you one more. Um, Actually, it's kind of an overlap. I'll read it out, but I think we've pretty much already hit on this one. David asks, knowing of some players declaring for the NFL, what do you see the biggest portal or high school recruit needs are now? And is there any more rumors of other players going into the portal from UK since the bowl game has been played? Um, I mentioned, and again, it's not rumors that I've heard. I just mentioned, I was trying to go through guys who it might make sense to leave. So that's why I mentioned Smoke and Dort. Yeah. I don't see many other guys unless. I think he'll personally. I think he'll play a lot next year. I think he'll have a chance to to get as many snaps as he can. But I think Demarcus Harris faces a, a, a an interesting choice just because I thought when Demarcus played, he produced this year. I thought I thought he had a tough redshirt freshman year last year. He dropped some balls. Um, I didn't think he played that well. But I thought this season, honestly, whenever he got in, I don't know what it was, Sean, but he seemed to be open, right? He, <laughs> I mean, he did. I, I remember the Georgia yeah. game. Him, him making yeah. plays, and you, you saw it in the bowl game the other day, too. I, I think he's a guy that could carve out a spot next season yeah. and play some snaps. And uh, I think that for wide receivers, it's a little bit more intriguing to, to stay at Kentucky just because I think right now you, you know that that is moving in the right direction. you got a quarterback who's going to be ten times more comfortable next season than he was this year, and uh, that's a good spot to be in. Especially if yeah, you show any improvement whatsoever. Harris is really interesting to me just because you know, as a player, like Harris knows that one of the biggest emphasis is the, the biggest emphasis probably I've had in offense is flipping that wide receiver room, getting better players in there. But I would I would want him back personally. If I was that coaching staff, like I would not want Demarcus Harris to leave. And I'm not saying he has any plans to leave. I have no idea. But the tricky thing is you he would probably be, assuming they had one more transfer portal wide receiver, he's probably at best the number three wide receiver going into the next year. And if a guy like Barryon Brown blows up or, or one of these redshirt freshmen really produce, then maybe you lose some more time. But on the same same hand, maybe DeMarcus gets a lot better. Who knows? I mean, he that's why I think he faces an interesting decision, just because I think he would help this team next year. I really do. But I could also see the argument for him wanting to go somewhere else where maybe it's not going to be – where you're going to be a little bit more guaranteed to uh, to play. So, but again, I thought it was. I mean, Wandell got all the attention. Josh Ali had a good year. I thought Demarcus Harris made strides this season, and that was encouraging to see um, in that aspect. It was. I, I agree with you 100. I, I think that there's a role there for him, and interesting to see how much he improves during the spring, during the off season, and then going into next season. Derek, uh, that covers. Everything on my end, and I think your end's covered as well. And a successful football season for the Cats, 10-3. and three, uh, Another building block for the program to continue moving forward. Great recruiting class. Uh, we'll talk about any transfers. Uh, we're going to shift into gear here and do a lot of basketball coverage over the next few weeks. But as this goes throughout January and into February, we will talk about all these decisions. The the Andre, the Andre Squares, the Jock West Jones, uh, Tower Baron, if he ends up at Kentucky, we'll we'll record and we'll talk about all this, and then uh, we'll get to another mailbag as we get through, and once the roster kind of looks like what it's going to look like next season. I mean, here's the thing, Derek, Derek Rosenthal wasn't a Kentucky Wildcat until what July, I believe. That's right. So yeah. I mean, you, you don't know what happens between now and in the summer. Uh, football will continue to be talked about on this show, and uh, we, we look forward to it. 
Absolutely. I know I felt like I talked that whole episode. So for people who don't like listening to me, it's going to be a tough listen, but uh, look, it won't be like that most of the time. <laughs> well, you're the, you're the football guy. Like you, you dive into the football mailbags and you take over the question asking on the basketball mailbags and answer the question. I, I think it's a good blend. I think it's a good mix. And uh, honestly, like a, a lot of good right there. I, I think you, you covered everything from top to bottom with this program, you put a bow on the season and a lot of the questions, and we got a little bit of breaking news on the podcast, too. It's that time of year where portal's going yeah. crazy. Uh, uh, Tyler Barron goes into the portal. Cedric Dort goes into the portal. There's plenty of football talk coming, but uh, we'll shift tomorrow's episode to Kentucky, Georgia. We're going to dive into that. And uh, as the Cats will go for a quad four opportunity. <laughs> That's not one of the better, oh my goodness. better games on schedule. 234, oh. the lowest. Jeff Goodman tweeted that last night. The lowest ranked team in the net from a power five is Georgia coming to Rupp Arena. We have no idea about Xavier Wheeler, but we will dive into all of that tomorrow. Until then, he's Derek Terry. I'm Sean Smith. We'll catch you next time on Kentucky Daily.